Harbor Church, we are a family of God, bound together to glorify and enjoy Him forever. This podcast series is a safe way to answer the questions that you, our community, has concerning the Bible, its tenets, and any other theological questions or concerns that you have come across as you join Harbor in our mission here in Mooresville and dig deeper into God's message, study His mission here on earth, or ponder your place in His wonderful plan. Thank you for dropping your anchor with HarborCast as we look forward to bringing light to these questions big and small. Welcome to HarborCast, our our first episode of our inaugural podcast for Harbor Church, BCA Mooresville. Uh, We hope that this podcast is... uh, uh, serves you, uh, the church, and uh, whoever you know in this community. Uh, we hope to answer questions that come from our own congregation and, and to highlight some ministries around at our church as well. Uh, this podcast uh, was some of the brainchild of John Keith, um, John Keith Her- Sheridan here. Uh, thank you, brother, for for putting this together and uh, helping to get things together. We've had uh, a, not, a lot of collaboration with uh, various Harbor church members with the music and and uh, voiceover and things like that. So it's been neat to see it come together. Uh, so without further ado, I'll, I'll uh, hand it over to you, John Keith. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Michael. Um, we wanted to start off our first inaugural, as you said, Michael, our inaugural uh, podcast episode with something that is going to grab attention. And we thought, what better way to do that than to... Um, kind of touch on one of the most controversial topics that uh, we face in today's world. So um, without further ado, we are getting into a month here where we are going to be dealing with the um, background of this June month of Pride Month. And we want to address that as a church, as Christians, as a body of Christ, um, just to kind of address how is the church going to address this month? Um, how should we as Christ followers address the celebration, the cultural celebration of things that are against our doctrinal statements, against the things that we believe as Christians? And uh, so without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, the first question that we had up was, should we as a church celebrate Pride Month? Yeah, so the easy answer is no, we shouldn't. But it, it's a little more complicated than that, in the sense that uh, while, while we as Bible-believing Christians uh, understand uh, many of the reasons why we ought to reject a celebration of, uh, of sin, uh, many people in the world see it very differently. Um, there are many people that I know that uh, see something like Pride Month as uh, a way of maybe undoing, I think, sometimes the uh, uh, the bullying, the, um, the unfair treatment, even the violence of some people living a particular lifestyle. And so I think it's important before we even get into what Christians ought to believe in terms of being against some of the worldview issues that this particular movement brings up. I think it's really important for us to remember that as Christians, we are to pray even for our enemies, and we are to show ordinary kindness to strangers, uh, 
to a certain extent, regardless of their particular sin pattern. And so I think it's important for us as we, uh, as we, as we are going to be inundated and pretty much every store you're going to be a part of and every website that you, you visit, uh, to, to remember that, um, it's an opportunity for us to, uh, to pray, um, to show kindness to people uh, and that sort of thing as well. Yeah. And I think it's also important to remember who the enemy is. You say, I even pray for our enemies, love for our enemies. But in reality, we're not talking about these people specifically as our enemies. We're talking about the devil. We're talking about Satan. We're talking about sin as our enemies. Right. Um, so it's something important to keep in mind as we address these topics. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ephesians talks about how we don't struggle against uh, flesh and blood ultimately, but against the spiritual powers of this world. Right. Great. Um, so one thing that I wanted to get into, um, and we're not going to have any time to get into it in depth, but we want to assume, uh, keep the assumption that the word of the Lord is truth. It's the holy inspired word of God, the Bible. And so looking at that specifically, and with that assumption, let's delve into the Bible and, uh, what it actually says about LGBTQ plus, uh, homosexuality, transgender, all those isms that um that this month celebrates yeah so i think the place you would have to start with um is you have to start with creation uh god created man as the sort of species man and he created man male and female so two different and specific genders and uh they have specific roles within those 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 genders as well in terms of procreation in terms of in terms of marriage between one man and one woman and so really when it when it fundamentally comes down to what we're really we're really asking um, of lgbtq or whatever else you want to add to that is fundamentally who gets to decide uh, how we use our bodies particularly in sex and who gets to decide how we couple with uh, with one another in marriage right and and it's either us or it's God. There's no, there's no in between. And so as biblical Christians, we want to start with that foundation of saying God designed for us to work in such a way for procreation, for our, our hearts, for our flourishing, be, that marriage would be between one man and, and one woman. Uh, and so from, from that, there are, uh, there are places throughout scripture that touch on sexuality. And it, it's really interesting if you think about how um, how much actually the Bible talks about sexuality, it seems like it's an important topic. Um, one reason it seems like for that is that if you look at the ancient Near East religions of the time of the writing of the Bible, so much, even Roman and Greek times, so much of worship of uh, of pagan gods was wrapped up in sex as well. Uh, you even see this in the Golden Calf, where Moses goes up uh, on Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments and get the instructions. Uh, Aaron is down below, and the people create the Golden Calf. These are the gods that got you out of Egypt, Aaron says. And then they they rise up and play. And the euphemism there is that there is there is sexual license going on as part of, of worship. Uh, so Leviticus... Um, uh, Leviticus 25 uh, mentions how we ought to uh, mentions the the prohibitions of couplings, um, and it's not just it 
it includes homosexuality. It also includes things like bestiality or, um, or sex too close in, uh, in relation, like fathers, mm-hmm. mothers, that sort of thing. And what's interesting, uh, a lot of times sort of pro-LGBT scholars will say things like, well, Jesus never talked about homosexuality, as if to say he didn't really care and it's fine. Um, uh, Kevin Young makes this, makes this point really well in his book on, um, on homosexuality, that when Jesus uses the word porneia in the Greek, when he's talking about what's usually translated in English as sexual immorality, that word porneia as a Jew would have referred back to everything that was in Levitical law. So even something like cross-dressing, which is a, a dress in Leviticus, Leviticus, would have been addressed when Jesus uses that, that one word. So actually, Jesus talked about all these things uh, uh, all the time. And it just kind of goes to show you that even though today there is some new nuances to, to um, sexual relations outside of one man and one woman in marriage, at the end of the day, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. That that um, the Lord has been dealing with sin, and particularly this sin, <laughs> since the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, so building off of that a little bit, um, we do have a lot of directives in the New Testament, just mm-hmm. like we do the, the you know the Levitical law in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, we do have a lot of directives as well that build upon right. the law that was set for us in the Old Testament. Um, so we have two specifically that I want to address, uh, both in Matthew, one earlier in Matthew, one later in Matthew, um, in which Jesus tells us to um, that he wants us to treat others the way that we want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one <laughs> because we... Obviously, things that go against our our mindset, the way that we believe, it's it's often easy to get into this uh, battle with these things. But we are called to treat those that are against us the way that we want to be treated. Um, that's earlier in Matthew, and then later in Matthew twenty eight, he uh, gives us the Great Commission, in which he tells us to go out into the world and. Uh, and basically become fishers of men to mm-hmm. go out and um, and bring people to Christ. Right. So, h- how do we how do we do that uh, as Christians in which in this world in which you know everything seems to be against us, mm-hmm. even just do seemingly doing the right thing will cause us grief, will cause us problems in the long run. How do we actively do that? to bring people to Christ and to treat them the way that we want to be treated? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, I think, I think that the, the Jesus's principle of, you know, do unto others as you would have done unto you. Mm-hmm. I think that in this case, like what we have to, what do you have to remember in the background of that is uh, that that's not a merely relative term. So, in other words, there are some people who use that and say, do unto others as you would have done unto you. And so they will use that as, an, as a proof text for, so see, why do you care that these two men are getting married or these two women are getting married or that sort of thing? But behind that is, well, you have to have a goal or what the, the Greeks call a telos, like teleologically, what is the goal 
of a human being? What would be best for them, mm -hmm. right? My children, some of my children don't particularly like vegetables, <laughs> but we know that what, what they would really want if they could think with a clear mind and be mature, they would know that they would want vegetables even though they don't like vegetables. <laughs> Um, and so the same thing is true there, that that um, uh, part of ministering to people who either agree with the world's views or are a part of the LGBT um, movement is, is that you have not your opinions, but you have God's word. And you're delivering God's word to, to the world. And that actually is good for them, even if sometimes it's hard. Now, granted, that has to be done with wisdom, right? And I think that that's, that's a hard part about <laughs> with your, having your feet on the ground, actually being a real-life person in, in the world, trying to live at your faith. Um, and so, honestly, it takes a lot of patience. It really does. But if you think about it, this is no different from any other sin pattern that anybody has ever had. So how do you deal with any sin pattern that anybody has? Oftentimes with a lot of patience. Oftentimes it's a lot of conversations. It it's a lot of building of of trust, um, knowing that you are for them and showing that you are for them. Um, mm -hmm. That uh, you are not you are not there to impose merely your opinions on people, or that you are not doing these things because you hate everybody or because you're merely prejudiced. But but my God who. Uh, came down to earth, bled for me, died for me, was raised for me. He has given me instructions on how to live. And what what best thing can I do for you but to, to give you what Jesus has given to me? Hmm. Absolutely. I think, and that that kind of makes me think of a way that it's been explained to me in the past is you are, you know, you, you are nothing apart from God, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, he's the one that created us. And um, and so we want to um, make sure that we are giving that to other people. We, we've been given that gift of knowing Christ, knowing that he's the one who saves us. And we want to give that uh, gift yeah. to other people. And so thinking about, uh, you know, the end of the world was coming or there's a flood coming or something like that. Do you, are you going out to tell those people that the flood or the flood is coming or are you going to just lay back and say, you know what, they don't really want to hear it. So yeah. I'm just going to stay back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and discipleship, making disciples is a tightrope walk. It's mm -hmm. a tightrope walk between um, being clear, but also being wise about when is somebody going to hear it at the right time. And sometimes you don't have that luxury. Sometimes you just got to blurt it out and you just got to hope for the best. Mm. Um, but, you know, Jesus does tell us to be as wise as serpent and as innocent as doves. Mm. And so, in other words, working with people, it just takes a lot of wisdom. And so, as you get to know people, you know, figure out a good time to, you know, put forth the truth. And yeah. that's probably a longer conversation. We need like a whole podcast <laughs> yeah. just for that. <laughs> that's all right. Let's, uh, let's close it out here. I think... Um, one of the things that we've addressed throughout this episode so far is that it can be a dangerous thing to to live out God's mm -hmm. word. It can be a dangerous right. thing to live in God's truth. Um, and that's something that I know you've experienced, Michael, I've yeah. experienced as well, but we risk losing a lot of things. We risk losing 
our community standing. We risk losing um, our friends, our family, and um, and a lot of things that are dear to us. And in some extreme cases, maybe not all the time, but in some extreme cases, even our lives. Yeah. Um, and so, what encouragement or directives do you, Pastor Michael, mm-hmm. have for us uh, with biblical Christ God backing? What uh, directives do you have us that might bring us encouragement, might bring us um, a way of looking at it and a way of going out into the world and doing what God told us to do to make disciples of Jesus Christ? Yeah. And and let me just say before I, I give you any advice, my heart goes out to many of you. I know that I've had many conversations with people who are a part of big corporations, uh, have to deal with HR issues and things like that. And that's just really hard in this particular day and age, uh, which is becoming less and less tolerant. Um, and so my heart goes out to y'all because, you know, for some of for some of you, you have opportunities all the time to be very frank with people. For some of you, you know, being faithful may look like just dropping a little hint of saying, hey, I'm praying for you this week. I mean, that might even be pushing the lines for some people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my heart goes out to you and I'm, and I'm praying for you. But I think, uh, like, like we said, just to kind of recap practically, um, again, I would say, uh, you know, be patient. Uh, be patient with people. Second, know your Bible. Uh, it, it, you re- there's really no substitute for just knowing the word. Um, and, uh, you know, if this is something that, you don't have a firm grasp of, then I would say start studying, you know, get some good books. And, you know, I can share with you some resources about um, good books that, that will help you with that. But know the word, because at the end of the day, this is not about our, delivering our opinion to other people. It's about delivering God's word to people. And if, if you deliver God's word, if they don't like it, they get to take it up with him, not with you. Um, and, then, and then finally, I would just say, keep praying. And one of the things that I've thought about as Pride Month has started, you know, uh, the original rainbow was was a a covenantal sign to remind God's people that judgment was over, because wickedness had been washed away, and that God saved a remnant um, in this tiny little box with a whole bunch of critters, and so and so the rainbow signified both God's judgment and also God's mercy. So I just really encourage you, every time you see the, the rainbow that's out there in the culture that, that, that our culture wants to celebrate, I want you to use it as an opportunity to pray for the conversion and the changing of this culture and this world, but particularly people of the LGBTQ community. Um, pray, for, uh, pray for those who are lost. And so maybe that in in seeing all those things that I know some of you, it may frustrate you to see those particular symbols, use it as a a touchstone um, to be praying. Thanks, Mike. Um, Let's close it out. Um, I think that's a really great way to close it out. If you wouldn't mind praying for us um, as our congregation is going out into the world and so our corporations, our workplaces, wherever we are, but if you actually wouldn't mind as well praying for this community that celebrates this, even um, the people that are, they feel these things. They are a part of the LGBTQ plus community. 
um, I think it's important that we address that, that we pray for them as well. It, it, we're directed to pray for our enemies. I put that in quotation marks, mm -hmm. uh, but pray for them and also pray that they would see the light, that they would um, come to God. Yep. Yeah, let's pray. Uh, Lord God, I thank you for your word that is always true. It's always been true. It's eternally true. And uh, I pray, please, um, for our Harbor Church family and for those who, who are listening, Lord, I pray that you would help them to be faithful to your word because from your word comes life. Lord, I pray, please, that you would help us to, to make disciples of all nations, to seek the lost, to pray for the lost, wherever they're to be found. Lord, to be wise, and to be innocent. Lord, help us to take out steps of faith, uh, challenging ourselves. Lord, I pray, I do pray for protection for our jobs and our livelihoods and our families and our lives. But I also pray, Lord God, that you'd help us to not be so concerned about safety, Lord, that, um, that we are in bold for you. Lord, I pray that for myself as well. And Lord, I do pray for um, anyone who's listening to this who is maybe a Christian and is struggling with feelings, Lord, that they would know that in you there is freedom. Lord, I pray for those who actively hate us in the community, um, who think that we are bigots, who think that we uh, just hate everyone and that's why we stand for what we do. Lord, I pray for them. We pray for conversion. We pray for change. We pray for growth. Lord, we pray that the, the church community be salt and light. And Lord, um, help us to remember that your church grows um, best uh, under persecution. Lord, help us to be um, not lukewarm, but on fire for you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Thank you again for dropping your anchor with HarborCast. Please visit us on the web at harborchurch.org for more information about what we believe, what we do to serve our community, and how you can get involved in our mission here in Mooresville. And finally, follow HarborCast wherever you listen to podcasts. May the Lord continue to equip you to share the good news about Jesus.